Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Platy NBA Minute, a new show on the Sports Radio Detroit Network. I will be your host, of course, Chris Platy, and this is going to be a show that is basically dedicated to the general landscape of the NBA. I know we cover Pistons pod, Pistons content, but this will be a podcast that is specifically uh, covering the whole NBA as a whole and getting into all the all the major facets. So um, not just the not just through the scope of the Detroit Pistons, but through the scope of the general NBA landscape. Uh, so I I mean this is a great way to start this podcast. If we're being honest, it was just a normal Monday. I woke up and I checked my phone, and of course a Woj bomb hit that Anthony Davis and his agent Rich Paul have requested a trade. Um, they have said that Anthony Davis will not be signing an extension or re-signing with the New Orleans Pelicans and would like to be traded, and that they they are telling the Pelicans now so that the Pelicans have the option to move him at the deadline or in the off season. Um, so this is a huge, huge bomb, as Zach Lowe called it. This could be this could be the biggest trade since uh, Kareem was traded to the Lakers. This could be that impactful on the NBA landscape. So we're starting the show off with some great, great content. So I'm very excited. Now, uh, for the record, in the future, I will try to get guests on this podcast today because I just wanted to get this out as quickly as possible. I uh, decided to record this solo after trying to reach out, and get a few guests, but I, uh, but to no avail. So you guys are stuck with just me today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bounce through a whole bunch of teams that I narrowed it down to, and just for fun, I threw in the Detroit Pistons and what a package they could offer might look like. But with that being said, I'm going to I'm going to be going through all these teams, and I want to know what you think. What do you think the best package is? What do you think the Pelicans should do? And of course, I'm going to provide um, I'm going to provide all details of the report. So let's start there. So Anthony Davis has officially requested a trade with the organization on behalf of Rich Paul, and the the thing is that the Pelicans have made it clear that they want, excuse me, the NBA to enforce tampering rules very heavily because obviously Anthony Davis is not going to a franchise that's going to be a one year rental. Um, I would put a very slim chance on that. I mean, there's always there's always a way because OKC did it with Paul George and it worked out, um, and the Raptors have doing it with Kawhi, and that's to be determined. So there so there is that possibility, but for the most part, um, plan on wherever Anthony Davis goes being a team that he likes to stay long term. So with that being said. It's going to be it's going to be very interesting because the Pelicans really want to heavily enforce tampering rules, which I I don't really get why they're doing that because the tampering rules are I think what allow uh, what allow the Celtics and the Lakers and the thing, teams that we're going to get into the ability to offer their best their best package because they know long term that Davis is willing to stay. Uh, you know Boston and the Lakers and all that they're not. They're not offering their best packages for a one-year rental of AD, not at all. So, with that being said, I think I think the idea of of enforcing the tampering rules is kind of dumb from my perspective. Also, the other thing is we don't know what the Pelicans prefer. Do they want to win now and get a bunch of talented players? Do they want to get a bunch of future assets and just build and bottom out, or do they want to? take the approach the the kind of middle ground approach and get that young star that 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 young uh borderline star potential star 
and and some other picks and players around it and then just kind of make that the clear focus um so with with that being said my thought on that is that i think the pelicans prefer to get that young kind of quote-unquote blue chip asset or near blue chip asset somebody that's a for sure player that they can build around because if if you're just getting a bunch of picks for anthony davis well that team is getting anthony davis so those picks are going to be worse um by nature so i don't think i don't think they're they're gonna take a bunch of flyer guys and 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 a bunch of future picks for anthony davis uh, I think they're going to prefer something that gives them a young star, a young controllable star, uh, preferably one that's on a rookie contract so that they have the right to extend him and they can match any offer. And then that can set them up for the next, you know, four, six, you know, however many years the, the, the contract is um, and, and the next con- and the length of the next contract. So that's what I think they're doing. But they could also go because of the way their salary is their salary cap is there there's they're extremely tight on money so i could see them trying to go for a win now package but i i don't ultimately see it because of the fact that if you're trading anthony davis by nature you're going to get worse like that that's just you're giving up a top five player in the nba so you're so you're going to be worse so i don't think that that's a that that's something that the pelicans should consider but i think it's something that they are considering um, so with that being said, we're going to run through all of the teams. I narrowed it down to 13 realistic teams. And just for fun, like I said, I threw in the Detroit Pistons. Um, so I'm not going to keep this long. I'll just, I'll just hit on every, I'll just hit on every point. So let's, let's just get, let's just get the goofy one out of the way. Let's just get the Pistons one out of the way. So the Pistons, um, and again, Anthony Davis has made it clear that he wants to go somewhere where he can win. So Detroit, obviously, if we're keeping it if we're keeping it real, that's not really a, a great situation for Anthony Davis to win. However, the uh, there's the whole concept of do you trade for Anthony Davis now at the deadline before teams like Boston and and the Lakers who seem kind of hesitant. Maybe they're going all in. Maybe they're not. But um, there there are some teams that are holding back. The New York Knicks as well. That they could make a better offer in the in July 1st or in the off season than if they then right now and so with that being said I feel like a team like the Pistons is better to strike now at the deadline before they can get outbid because look Detroit doesn't have a lot of assets um, Detroit's best strategy in this sell in this situation would be to take all the unwanted cap money from the Pelicans while offering multiple picks so I think the baseline to get it started is pretty much every asset Detroit has, which is outside of Blake Griffin, which is Andre Drummond. You can sell him as a young star, Stanley Johnson, Luke Kennard, um, and then and then a couple like probably two first round picks plus plus Glenn Robinson, Henry Ellison, and Calderon for AD Solomon Hill, Etuan Moore, and some filler players like Ian Clark and stuff to make the to make the roster numbers match. Um, so. Why Detroit does, or why the Pelicans would do this? Again, Drummond is a young star. Kennard's a cheap young prospect who can be kept or flipped. Stanley's a top 10 pick who clearly needs a new scenario. And because of his shortcomings in Detroit, will most likely not get a big offer in free agency. So you could actually end up getting him on a very nice deal that could um, that could be a steal. And, you know, I'm always a fan of 
those those top 10 picks that just didn't work out in whatever situation they they were in there's a reason they were a top 10 pick in my eyes so with that being said I think that uh, I think that they're always worth taking a flyer on because usually usually a lot of times it's a situation that just didn't fit them and they and the unfortunately the the rookie or the young player was on the bad end of the stick and if it if they get a new fresh opportunity maybe they'll blossom maybe they'll become better um and so because of because of this um because of this also you throw in glenn robinson who has a team option for next year so you essentially cut four million off the books ellingson is a prospect you could take or leave with no effect calderon again you could just wave he, he makes a minimum contract um, it's a pretty good package for New Orleans, if I'm being honest. Detroit gets AD, a solid wing, and now I have a five-man lineup of Blake, Anthony Davis, Etwan Moore, Reggie Bullock, and unfortunately still Reggie Jackson, plus the ability to have cute, huge cap space, not in 2019, but in 2021. Lure, Solomon Hill, Etwan Moore, Galloway, and Reggie Million all come off the books. That's $54 million in salary off the books. Um, that would That would obviously could lead to a lot of, um, of, of flexibility. And also Davis would be actually off the books as well. He would be a free agent that season. So, um, so that would be another 25 million off the books. Why the Pelicans would do that if they did it. Um, the simple fact is, uh, you're, you're getting rid of all your unwanted cap. You're getting rid of Solomon Hill and Etwan Moore. So that's very good. Um, again, you're getting a young star in Andre Drummond, uh, who knows how many offer how many packages are going to offer a better prospect than Andre Drummond? Again, you get a former top ten pick who didn't work out, uh, and Stanley Johnson. You get Luke Kennard, an asset who you can keep, or you can probably flip for for a decent first down the line in in a year or two. Henry Ellison, um, I don't think he has much value, but maybe you know you could talk yourself into just taking a flyer on him. I mean, he's just. He's just kind of an NBA player at this point, or borderline NBA player. So I don't think, so I don't think he really makes or breaks a deal. But maybe if you know, if the Pelicans are sweet on him or just curious in going the Philly route and want to just try a bunch of flyers on a bunch of players, maybe Henry Ellison is somebody that intrigues them. So yeah, so that's why the Pelicans do that. With that being said, Anthony Davis is not going to Detroit. This is not happening. This is not realistic. This was all just for fun. So. Um, there you have it. It's just, it's just a little, just a little grain of salt, a little, uh, a little glimmer of hope for the Detroit franchise, if you will. Um, but let's get to the real targets. So, uh, before I get to the, the big dogs that I mentioned, uh, let, let's talk about Phoenix. So Phoenix has made it clear they want to be in the discussion. Um, they could be willing to offer a package that looks like DeAndre Ayton, TJ, uh, uh, TJ Warren, uh, Josh Jackson and, and picks for Anthony Davis. Uh, they could go even crazier if they throw in uh, Bender and Dragon Bender and Kelly Oubre uh, for Solomon Hill's contract to take off the Pelicans. Um, but again, Anthony Davis wants to win. He doesn't want to be on a franchise that's a couple years away from winning or even two years away from winning. So despite you know Booker and AD as a combo. I don't know if that's any better. I wouldn't say that's really any better than AD and Holiday. So to me, it's not really an upgrade. But it, 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 it's an interesting thing because Phoenix would then have cap space moving forward. 
and they could make a play for for another star. But again, I just don't see it happening. Uh, Phoenix hasn't proved themselves to be a winning franchise um, over the last over the last few years. So I don't think Anthony Davis wants to be on that. I mean, to me, Phoenix is just a a potentially in two three years could be the same situation as the New Orleans Pelicans. So I don't think Anthony Davis would do that. But, however, they made it clear that they want to be in the discussion. So maybe they take a flyer and they try to make things happen. Um, okay, let's go to let's go to uh, this the tier of teams that are just... Uh, these are all teams that I think will make calls, but I don't think will really happen. So Golden State, um, unless Clay is on the table, I don't pick up the phone because I'm not... I don't see them trading KD or Steph, obviously, um, and that's assuming KD stays. And I want no part of Draymond Green's next contract. Um, and you know, even with a Clay and Holiday backcourt, your your ceiling isn't any higher than it was with Anthony Davis. So to me, it just it it really just it really just makes no sense. And Clay's you know obviously has the ability to be a free agent this offseason. So it's just it's it's just way too messy. So Golden State's out of the loop. Um, Houston, they have to make the, what I call F the future offer, which is Clint Capella, Brandon Knight, and four first round picks like they threw in for the Jimmy Butler for Anthony Davis. If the Pelicans would even consider this, it would have to be unprotected picks. But again, I don't think the Pelicans are sold enough on Capella. And I think they want a young prospect that they can see themselves realistically building around. And I don't see that. I don't see four future first-round picks from a team with Anthony Davis, Chris Paul, and James Harden um, making making a, a whole lot of uh, resulting in a lot of great picks. You know, despite you know there are some injury concerns about about Davis and about Paul, so those tra- those draft picks could actually be a little bit more decent than you think. But with that being said, that's still a playoff team every year. Um, so that's still, you know, a, a post lottery, a post lottery draft pick that I just, I don't see, I don't see he, or I, sorry, I don't see, um, the Pelicans doing, but Daryl Morey's an aggressive GM, so he's going to try and shoot his shot. And, you know, that, that's why Houston's on this list. Um, OKC, again, the same reason, uh, the best thing they can do is offer like Adam, Steven Adams, Ferg, and a couple of firsts for AD. New Orleans won't do it because what does that get you? You don't get any great picks um, and expensive, even though he's worth it to a contender, Steven Adams contract. But if you're not a contender, Steven Adams, that contract isn't really worth it. Um, and you get a decent prospect. Um, so, OKC, the only way they could do this is if they is if they ratcheted it up and threw in players like Grant and stuff and took on bad contracts like Solomon Hill and... I don't. I just don't see that happening. Or if they just throw Russ for AD and New and New Orleans is just that desperate for a star. Um, number one, I don't think I don't think either side does that. Um, well, I think I think OKC does that actually, but I don't think I don't think New Orleans does that. I don't think I, I think there's real skepticism about Westbrook's contract around the league, uh, despite how great of a player he is now. That could be a contract that could get ugly in a couple years. And I don't see, um, and I don't see the Pelicans committing their franchise when they have a top five player to a you know top fifteen, top twenty player in the league in Westbrook, and then you know that that just to me again it moves you backwards. And what's the point of going backwards? Um, you're just you're just really just lowering your ceiling. 
it, it would only be worth it if with Westbrook you got um, you got some first and, and, and you got like some type of really valuable asset, but I don't think OKC has that asset to offer. Um, now, another team that could be thrown into this, the Raptors, they could make a compelling offer, but to me, most of their talent are great role players for contenders, um, not necessarily star tal- caliber talent outside of Pascal Siakam. So, you know, OG Ananobi, all these players are great. And like, they're, they're, I'm really excited if they're on a playoff team, but if they're, uh, you know, if they're on the Pelicans, uh, what does that, what does that do? You know, like guys like, you know, like OG Ananobi, like I see like a Robert Covington, right? Like a talented player, but I don't see, I don't see that player, you know, trans transcending your franchise. You know, he's a great player when he has the right pieces around him, but if he doesn't, He's a solid player, you know. He's he's a player that every every team in this league would love to have, but at the same time, um, you know, not a star. And you're and you're trading Anthony Davis. Remember, you're trading a top five player. You need something super valuable in return. So I say the Raptors are out for that reason. Um, Denver. Now Denver. This starts to get interesting. Now we're starting to get into the team, which is a tier of teams that I believe are outside of. Uh, outside of the top targets, so they're they're that mid tier, that they're just crazy enough to make sense. So, again, Denver would be a team that would be best to strike now at the trade deadline. The only problem is they can't trade a first because even though their first will most likely convey uh, to Brooklyn, it, it, they still can't technically trade because of the CBA because it's protected for the next few years. So, um, so they can't technically trade it, but I don't think I don't think one middling Denver pick when Denver's one of the top teams in the league. I don't think that's a that's a pick that you're really sweating over. So I don't think that really changes the trade scenario. Um, Denver, like Detroit, their their best option is to offer cap relief, and they can do it much better than Detroit. So the the trade I kind of came up with is Paul Millsap, Gary Harris, Michael Porter, and Malik Beasley. For Anthony Davis, Etuan Moore, and Solomon Hill. Now, for Denver, they have their big three of Jokic, Murray, and AD, while still having a a, a contributing rotation players like uh, Will Barton, uh, Trey Lyles, Craig Morris, and now you know more. So, if you're New Orleans, you get major cap relief, cap relief because Paul Millsap has a team option for thirty million. So you essentially decline that and save thirty million dollars. Um, two prospects. One of which is very intriguing and could be a steal in Porter. Remember, this was a guy that was talked about as top five, top three in his draft, while also acquiring a very solid player in Gary Harris that would help your team right away, or no doubt be traded separately for a good pick because he has high value around the league. Everybody loves Gary Harris. There's no doubt you could get a good first round pick for him. Now, there is one more super interesting wrinkle Denver can throw in. If New Orleans wants to decide a total blow up, and they don't want to keep Holiday as well because Holiday's on a massive contract. They, Denver can add my or Mason Plumley and Will Barton for Holiday in that trade, so everything stays the same. Plus uh, Mason Plumley and Will Barton and Holiday, and then you'd have to throw in some fillers like Ian Clark and Tim Frazier to make to make it work. But the Pelicans get Plumley for one and a half years. Will Barton just signed a four-year contract, but it's relatively cheap, so that deal could be moved in the summer when teams miss on free agents that they plan for. Um, and no doubt that could that could fetch a decent first in return. 
The only problem with these moves is if you're New Orleans, is if you're is you're not getting a blue chip player unless Denver would throw in Jamal Murray, um, kind of move some parts around and throw in Murray instead. Then I guess you're getting a potential blue chip. I still don't know if that is a blue chip, but you do get major major cap relief because all of a sudden you're off of your other your two bad contracts or your two expensive contracts outside of Anthony Davis, which are Etwan and Hill. The, the other ones, Randall and Miritich, expire this year. And then, um, and then you're, getting, you're getting back some solid players. Uh, Gary Harris, who you could fetch for first. Michael Porter, who you could take a flyer on and hope that he's good. Um, and, then, and then you're getting, again, you're getting uh, Plumlee, who's on for, on for 1.5 years, but that's, but that's, less, than, uh, that's less than Solomon Hill. And that and that also is at a as at a cheaper rate or well sorry less than Holiday I should say who signed it who has four years on his contract and that Will Barton is a four year contract but he's relatively cheap and could be moved in a deal again e- either at the deadline or in the summer so um, and, and also Beasley's a young prospect too that's very interesting as well so again this is a nice trade because it does actually really offer. New Orleans cap flexibility and for a for a market that is struggling for attendance. I mean, they have Anthony Davis on their team, but they are still not doing well in the attendance sheet. They're not selling tickets. They're not uh, making good money. So to them, it, it really benefits them to get off of all these bad contracts and really just kind of um, they prefer not to start totally fresh. They don't want to go the Philly route and go the bottom, bottom, bottom. But they do, uh, but they do want to have a cap flexibility, not in terms of it landing a star, because again, I don't think you're landing a star if you're the Pelicans, but just in the ability that you're not going to, you're not going to have to pay these super duper luxury tax bills and things of that nature. So the Denver Nuggets really, really helped the Pelicans with that, and, and uh, they do it better than most teams. And of course, you know if you're if if you're Denver and you walk away from this trade with AD and or Drew Holiday, you know that's and you add that to that core of great young talent in Denver, all of a sudden, man, that is a for real for real team. I like the way Jokic and Davis play together. Um, I could see that working out very well. Davis wants to be a four. That's another underlying theme here. Davis wants to be a power forward. So with Jokic. Um, he could play his power forward and he could stretch the floor and do all the things that Anthony Davis wants to do, um, which is also very appealing. So they're a team that I I really, really like, and I would be really interested to see if they could pull off an AD trade. But uh, my gut feeling is that they're just, they're just not, they're just outside of that conversation. And with that being said, let's get to some other teams that are just outside of that conversation. The Clippers, they can offer a, a perfect win-now package if the Pelicans are interested, but the same problem with, with uh, some other teams is that AD isn't going to want to wait, so unless you're sure Kawhi is coming in the offseason and he wants to play with AD, then you have a discussion that can take place. But um, the, the the Clippers could offer you know Montrez Harrell, Sean Gildress, Alexander, two first plus Gallo, or if they do it at the deadline, they could offer Tobias and offer Tobias's cap relief that New Orleans could either take him and resign him. He's a great player. He's an all-star. Or they could let him go. But again, they most likely wouldn't. Um, they wouldn't be able to 
to to necessarily trade Tobias um, outright. So so more than likely it would be it would be Gallo in that situation. But you have to be confident that Sean Gilchrist Alexander is a blue chip or near that. Which or if you talk around the league, there are a lot of people that are super high on Sean Gilchrist Alexander, myself included. Um, Harrell is nice again, but he's not amazing. And the picks that the Clippers offer obviously won't be high if they have Anthony Davis and even if they get Kawhi as well. So with that being said, you know it's really the players that are the value in this in this trade package and. So unless you just see Sean Gilders Alexander as like Sean Livingston before injury, uh, 2.0, then it's really, really not a um, it's it's really not a, a a great option for AD. But it is one that could be considered because AD could still be in LA, which he has a home in LA, um, all all those things. So so there so there's some LA ties with him. He stays there in the off season, all that all that stuff. And also, it um, it allows them to also recruit Kawhi better, gives them a better chance to land Kawhi or whoever, whatever start a pair with Anthony Davis, and then all of a sudden, then then you know the Clippers turn into a for real team. So it's a possibility, but I, but again, they're on the outside for me. Another team that's kind of in the same situation, the Brooklyn Nets. They could offer a range of solid prospects: D'Angelo Russell, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert. Rondé House, uh, Rondé House Jefferson, Jared Allen, I mean, etc. The list goes on, really. They have a bunch of young, intriguing players. But realistically, Anthony Davis is tra- requesting to trade because he's tired of waiting. So the Nets, the only way the Nets could really end up in this discussion is if they is if they have on the back channel a star that they're going to acquire in the offseason. And again, most likely if it was a Nets trade, it would happen in the offseason, when uh, when you can kind of agree upon Russell's extension, if he's a part of the trade package, you can kind of determine which players are a part of the trade package, and uh, and you need that second star because I don't think AD is coming without a second star. So, with that being said, there's one more team that makes that really makes that that kind of outsiders list, and that is the Milwaukee Bucks. This one is one that. It's just like an NBA, an NBA nerd's fantasy. So Giannis has been trying to recruit him uh, when they played each other earlier this year. Giannis said, "Come to the Bucks, bro." So there's a little bit of recruiting going on, but again, I, I don't think Anthony Davis has extreme ties to Giannis the way he does Kyrie and other players. Um, but the Bucks' best chance would again be to go now, while the Celtics, Knicks, and Lakers can offer weaker packages than they can in the off season. Um, the Bucks, they. They can't really offer George Hill in a trade due to the Cleveland trade, so they have to offer other players. So it'd be something like Thon Maker, Dante DiVincenzo, uh, 2022 first-round pick because of protections. They they can't offer anything else. And Bledsoe for Anthony Davis and like Fred Jackson and Ian Clark and some fillers. So with that being said, uh, the Pelicans get... A pros a couple prospects. I get Dante Divincenzo, a, a solid player, but again, is his ceiling really high? No. Don Maker. If you talk to people around the league, there are people that think he still has a super high ceiling. Uh, he was one of those players in the draft that the reason he went so high to Milwaukee, he was projected as a, a, a as a late lottery slash early twenties pick, but people got so sold on his potential, so. Uh, being a 7-3 stretch big is just very valuable in today's NBA. So if he works out, 
He's a great player. And you get Eric Bledsoe, who is somebody who you can either sign at the end of the year, a solid point guard to pair with Drew Holiday if you choose to keep Holiday, or trade uh, or um, just not sign him, and he's essentially cap relief. Uh, so with that being said, you know, if you're if you're Milwaukee, obviously you do it, you get Anthony Davis. Um, and, you know, you don't really take back any bad uh, any bad contrast. You just take back Fred Jackson. So you really, um, if you're if you're Milwaukee in this trade, you don't really uh, you don't really lose anything outside of Bledsoe, who's Bledsoe's been great. Don't get me wrong, I picked him to be an All Star, uh, but you know that is the Eastern All Star. It's not a for real All Star. It's like a half an All Star. But Eric Bledsoe's been playing great basketball, but uh, but you still have you know Malcolm Brogdon, George Hill, some other guards uh, on the roster. So, you know, you're not losing a lot, but you're and you're still at the same time you're gaining Anthony Davis. So, Anthony Davis is obviously a better player than Eric Bledsoe. So, by default, you're going to be a better team and you're just you're really not if you're Milwaukee, you like this trade because you're not totally gutting your core because let's be real, there's a chance Eric Bledsoe leaves. There's a chance some team offers him a crazy contract he just can't refuse and he and he jets. And you know, and then Milwaukee just doesn't have him. So, so if you're if you're Milwaukee, I offer this package immediately, and you know I might even try to throw in another pick if possible. Um, just try to just try to work things out with uh, with the Pelicans because if you get AD and Giannis, that's the start of something crazy. And Giannis is a player who is who could be in the next year or two he could be in the same situation anthony davis is where where everybody's going to look at him and say is he happy in milwaukee or does he want out and you know obviously milwaukee's in a different situation than new orleans but with that being said you know he he is that next star that's that could be available that could shake up the league that that next mega star so now let's get to the the teams now, I made it a list of four teams, but a lot of people argue it's a list of three teams. Um, so the fourth team that I'll throw in this discussion is Philly. Now, Philly is interesting because they can do this a number of ways. They can do two packages. They can offer the Jimmy Butler and say, you know, hey, New Orleans, you're getting the top 15 guy. Um, he has his problems, yes, but he always he just wants his own team and in New Orleans he'll have that so he'll be fine for you but you know we've seen how it played out in Chicago so is it really going to be fine if you're Jimmy Butler probably not so with that being said I wouldn't I wouldn't personally do that trade if New Orleans is uh, if New Orleans is interested but the package I think is Ben Simmons Markel Fultz and Wilson Chandler plus uh, plus that 2021 Heat pitch pick, which could be super super valuable, and also you could throw in a Sacramento or a Philly pick. So they have all. So they have these uh, these picks to offer. Um, so you're getting Ben Simmons, a number one overall pick. Then you're getting another number one overall pick in Markel Fultz. Again, we all know Markel Fultz's trouble. We don't need to go into that, but. With Markel Fultz, he's somebody who, uh, you know, again, he could be like a Stanley Johnson where if he gets to a different situation, maybe he'll blossom and maybe he'll... He was the first 
overall pick for a reason, you know. Like, there's just there's just very few um, players, you know, really outside of Anthony Bennett. There, there's really that's the only first round pick that first overall pick I should say that you could just tell just could never rebound from his uh, from his situation. And you know who can who knows Marco Fultz might be that he might be that ultimate ultimate bust, but you know I would I wouldn't say he is yet I wouldn't rule him out. Um, who knows uh, you know a new change of scenery a place where he could be low key. New Orleans is not a top tier market, so they don't have a heavy media presence. Everybody cares about the Saints down there. By the way, sorry all Saints fans, uh, that was a brutal brutal thing. I couldn't imagine if that happened to my Pistons, but. I digress. Um, so, you know, so Philly, of course, and then you get Ben Simmons, which we could talk about all the prospect, all the trade packages. But look, outside of outside of Tatum, and even if even if you really include Tatum, Ben Simmons is the best blue chip offer that New Orleans could fit, could theoretically get. Ben Simmons. Now, who knows if he'd want to stay there long term. But you do have leverage because he is, he's got, uh, at this point, two years left on his rookie contract. Plus, uh, of course, he, he'd be a restricted free agent. So, so with that being said, he gets, his, he gets his own team. He gets to play fast with Alvin Gentry. I think that's something that he'd actually relish in. Um, and, you know, if, if you're New Orleans, look, again, that's the best player I think you're going to get, like, even, even over Tatum. You know, I think Simmons is is better than Tatum right now. Uh, I think that can that can end up being a discussion down the line because Simmons can, or sorry, Tatum can shoot and Simmons can't. But with that being said, I still think I still think it's a it's a near discussion. So, and again, you get a 2021 Heat pick. We all see where the Heat are at right now. 2021. What's that roster going to look like? If they don't find a way to get a star in those in those next two years. That could be a very, very valuable pick. And, of course, they can offer some other first-round picks because they have all of their own, and etc. Um, and Philly, as far as the Anthony Davis side of things, not just the Pelican side of things, again, Anthony Davis has made it clear he wants to be a power forward. He wants to play on the perimeter. And what has Joel Embiid done and complained about all season since they got Jimmy Butler? I'm not in the post enough. I'm not on the block enough. So... It, AD and Embiid together, like th- that, kind of gives both players what they want. And uh, and again, if you if you got Jimmy Butler, Anthony Davis, and Joel Embiid, I think that's a slightly better fit than than Ben Simmons because at least Anthony Davis can shoot. Um, so with that being said, you know, does Anthony Davi- Davis want to play with a guy like Jimmy Butler, who's just been a huge problem for? Uh, for two franchise for now three franchises actually or you know if he if if he's cool with playing with Jimmy Butler and those three buy in that is a very very nice core obviously Jimmy Butler is on a different timeline than Anthony Davis and and uh, Joel Embiid but it still is that the, the age range between that big three is enough where you still have a three to four maybe even five year window where you can compete for a championship. So, if I'm Philly, and if I'm New Orleans, I'm really considering that AD package because, again, wh- whether you go the, G- I would try if I'm Philly, I would try the Jimmy Butler route. 
If I'm New Orleans, I wouldn't want that. I think it has to start with Ben Simmons. And then again, you can add Fultz or or you can leave Fultz. Like Philly, or sorry, New Orleans just might not be interested in taking him at all. They might just say no. Uh, he's just he's a mess. I don't I don't want to deal with that. So, you know, but he does offer he does offer some value in that situation. That's a that's one of the very few situations where I could see him offering value. Now let's get to the big dog. So. This is by many people's account, and these are sources that are, again, well-informed. I'm just trying to follow and read all the tea leaves that are left behind. Uh, But it it seems to be a three-team race between New York, L.A., and Boston. So with New York, you know, there's reports that they're already planning to put together a package for Anthony Davis um, with plans to also add KD in the summer. So look for them to try to get rid of their multi-year contracts like Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. is somebody who would likely be in the actual trade, um, in the actual trade just because he's a solid player um, and salary-wise, you know, they need him to fit. So it'd be something like um, Tim Hardaway Jr. plus some of their young prospects like Neil Aquina and Knox. Um, You know, New York... New York and their package could look a lot better. They could even go ballsy and, and offer Porzingis. Um, but again, I think if you're in New York, Porzingis is the best player you've had in a long time, um, or best prospect, I should say, because of Carmel Anthony. Um, you, that's the best young player you've had since Patrick Ewing. So it, it, if you trade him away, you have to be sure AD is staying. And to me, AD is staying if you get... KD to land with him and or Kyrie to land with him in New York or whatever if you you get my point if you get that second star then I think it's a conversation um so I think they're a team that should that their best package could be offered at the at the um at July 1st because they can offer that that pick because if if New Orleans gets Anthony Davis now um you know they, they could they're, they're going to the east is so bad like they're not good. They probably can't make up the ground to make the playoffs, but they can. They could end up shooting themselves in the foot and becoming like getting like the eighth to tenth pick as opposed to the number one overall pick. Now I know the odds aren't great. It's more likely that they'll be choosing, even though they have one of the worst records in the league. It's more likely that they'll be choosing number five than number one. But if you're in New York and you continue to tank and you continue to solidify that spot, you're just you're playing your odds better that you'll end up with a number one overall pick. So then, you know, if you come to with a package of Tim Hardaway Jr., Zion Williams, uh, Neil Aquina, Knox, or, you know, or one, just one of those two, maybe both, I don't know, but plus, like, you know, another future pick. That's a very, very good package because New Orleans gets Neil Aquina, who's a decent prospect, or Knox, or both, um, who, are, who are two good prospects. They get Zion Williams who uh, some people believe can be a transcendent talent. And then not only do you get Zion Williams, but you get four years of, of him plus restrictive free agency. So you're getting him for for a long time, uh, even longer than you would a Ben Simmons. Um, so you get that and then, you know, and then a future pick. So if you're, if you're the Pelicans um, and you're New York, I think both, uh, I think both sides would choose to wait till the summer to discuss things but it's very tricky because if you're new orleans 
do you sit Anthony Davis for the rest of the season? Do you just shut him down and say, hey, like, you know, you want to be out of here. There's no sense in you playing. Or do you want to or do you want to just get this over with now? To me, they have to, if you're the Pelicans, you have to make the call to Boston and to New York and say, okay, hypothetically, these scenarios play out. New York gets the first or Boston, um, are, are you trading Tatum? Like, these are the discussions New Orleans has to have. Because otherwise, the Lakers, which is the next team, which I'll get into right now, um, their package doesn't really change now versus later. I mean, yeah, they can throw in, you know, another pick or two. But again, this is a team with LeBron and Anthony Davis. How valuable is that pick? So with that being said, the Lakers, this is really a move that could uh, jolt the Lakers into into LeBron is going to come back. um, And then you have AD and then you make a strong push for the playoffs and you do something in the playoffs and then you try to get and you try to make some financial moves and some cap cap gymnastics to get that third star in the summer it's a little bit tighter if you get ad now than than as opposed to in the summer but the lakers can make it work either way so with with that being said the lakers can still offer and put together a package right now that that is probably the strongest right now package outside of outside of philadelphia if they if they throw ben simmons on the table in my opinion so they can throw in you know, Ingram, Zubach, two first, but they need to throw in more either Lonzo or Kuz or both. Um, but I feel like just one of those will get it done. There was even a report that if Lonzo is traded for Anthony Davis, he would like to be traded to a third team, preferably a team that needs a point guard, a la the Detroit Pistons, because <laughs> um, they seem to be one of the only franchises in the world that need a point guard in the deepest, uh, in the deepest point guard era we've ever been in. So I don't know how the Pistons managed to do that, but they did. So did the Magic and so did the Suns. But regardless, I digress. Um, the Lakers, again, this is a package that's good, that's solid. Um, but it does it, it's, it's not better than what New York could potentially offer or what, um, or what uh, Boston could potentially offer. So if I'm the if I'm the Pelicans, I gotta just call. I just gotta call. Um, I just gotta call Boston and be like, look, be honest and be real with me. You can't trade for me now. We can only trade in the off season. So, what's on the table? What's that offer gonna look like? And if you're and if you're Boston, you gotta decide. Is it Jalen Brown and a bunch of picks and some Marcus Smart, some filler contracts? Or is it Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? Like, where does Jason Tatum fall in this? Like, Jason Tatum, I would love if the um, if the if the Celtics, from a Celtics standpoint, if I'm the Celtics, I would love to keep Tatum, and that would be my core of Kyrie, AD, and Tatum. But, but um, you know, is at the end of the day. If Tatum is the is the is the t- is the player that stands in the way of getting Anthony Davis, will Boston really say no? This is the this is the trade. This is what Boston's building for. Just like with Kyrie, Boston was building for that blue chip moment to get that blue chip player, and they got it in Kyrie. 
and then they've been keeping their assets together again instead of upgrading their team this season they could be doing a lot of they could be doing a lot of things right now they could be making a lot of trades they could pretty much acquire anybody in the league the only reason they can't acquire ad is because of the rose rule which i'll which i'll get into when it comes to the which i'll get into when it comes to celtics but the celtics though they've been preparing for this moment so this is this is the moment so it is tatum really as much as we love tatum as much as we think tatum's going to be a great player maybe even an mvp caliber player do you really it it do you really just walk away from Anthony Davis for that? Because if you do, then all of a sudden, one to two years later, maybe, maybe, maybe Giannis becomes available. And then you can have this discussion again. And if you're Boston, those assets depreciate. Tatum is closer to his extension. Brown will have his extension by the time Giannis's timeline starts. Um, you know, those picks start to materialize a little bit more. And they, and they become more clear they're they're not as they're not as you know optimistic as they are right now a lot of those picks like Memphis and stuff like then you'll know kind of what those Memphis picks are and maybe they work out to be better picks down the line but right now they have the intrigue of oh this could be a really special pick you know same with the Sacramento pick um, and, and things of that nature so if you're Boston you know or if you're Boston, like it, it really comes down to if you if how much do you value Jason Tatum? Is Tatum enough to stand in the way of an Anthony Davis trade? And that's what's gonna and that's what's going to be the the thing to see because Boston right now their reports and, and granted I haven't heard this from Zach Lowe or Woj or any of the big big um, reporters. I haven't heard that Boston is uh, frustrated and they're concerned, but I I have to believe internally for the next 10 days they are freaking out because AD could just say tomorrow, trade me to the Lakers, and the Lakers offer their trade package, and that's that. Or it could, or, you know, Anthony Davis could let this play out till summer, and then... All of a sudden, it, Boston's in the mix, and they can offer the best contract. Because let's get one thing out of the way: Boston's not offering Kyrie. That is not going to happen. Kyrie, they see as a recruiting tool for Anthony Davis because Kyrie and AD have a good relationship from Team USA basketball and all that. They stay in touch, and they've talked about playing together and all all that. That that recruiting's gone on, and it's happened, and it's real. So, with that being said. I don't see I don't see Boston trading Kyrie. This is what you this is what you keep Kyrie for. This is what you build Kyrie for. Kyrie and Anthony Davis. That's the pairing that you want. Um, you know, and and in the offseason, Boston could offer they could also offer Hayward. Like, look, Hayward is a player who suffered a travi- uh, a tragic indis- er, sorry, I can't speak right now. A tragic injury and at the same time um, is recovering from that, so he doesn't look so he doesn't look too well. But look, Paul George is really the only kind of comparison to the Gordon Hayward situation, and Paul George is now having his best season, and this is I think four years after. So you're looking at a scenario where maybe you know Gordon Hayward isn't isn't the best Gordon Hayward for another four years. Like maybe this delays his prime by a year or two, 
Or maybe, you know, by the end of this year, he bounces back and he's fine. I still think this is a this is going to be a, a thing that takes some time time to get over because it is a very gruesome injury, a very traumatic injury. And um, Gordon Hayward, you can see by the way he plays, like he's not comfortable yet. And who knows, every, every athlete's psychology is different. Every, every athlete's mind is different. Maybe, you know, in a year, Gordon Hayward's fine. So if you're, if you're the Pelicans, you know, you take, you take a flyer and that's like, look, we're getting a guy who was an all-star in the Western Conference two years ago. That sounds like, that sounds like a scenario where you're like, okay, we're getting, we're getting something good in return. We're getting a good player. And, you know, if we tank and all things, all things shake right, then all of a sudden um, we're, a team that, we're a team that has a nice future. And so that's why I think uh, I think I think Boston is very interesting because they can offer a multitude of packages, and all of those packages I think beat the Lakers. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to Anthony Davis can make the power play right now, and say trade me to the Lakers. That's where I want to be. And if that's the truth and that happens, then he's going to L.A. Like no other team is going to take him because they know he's going to L.A. Um, it's not going to play out like a Paul George scenario. I really don't think Anthony Davis is the type that can be recruited. Not saying that he's hell-bent on the Lakers or anything, but just that he he seems like the type of player, like he, he just wants winning so bad. And if he really believes playing with LeBron is the best way to win, then that's what he's going to do. He wants to win multiple championships. That's what he wants to do. Like you, you talk to... There's all sorts of accounts of when he played in the playoffs and he got that win. He's like, I know I shouldn't be happy, but at the same time, this feels great to win a playoff game. And, you know, that's just one playoff game. He just really, he's really one of the rare players in today's, uh, in today's NBA that values winning so highly above everything else that, that I think if, if he believes the Lakers are the best fit, or if he believes Boston's the best fit, wherever he believes is the best fit for him to win a championship, that's what it's going to come down to. And that's where he's going to end up. And he could still make that power play. He could still make that trade me to the Lakers, trade me to Philly, trade me to New York, trade me to Boston. He can make that power play, um, but he hasn't yet. So we just have to wait and see. These next, you know, nine, ten days are going to be crazy, crazy. Um, there's going to be a lot of speculation and... We're gonna, we're just gonna, we're just gonna have to see where Anthony Davis ends up. But that looks like a good point to stop this podcast. It's fifty minutes in. Um, thank you everyone for listening to the Platty NBA Minute. As always, I'm your host Chris Platty. Make sure to follow me on all these social medias at that's Twitter, Instagram, whatever at Real Chris Platty, C H R I S P L A T T E. Um, and you, I assume you know how to spell real. There's no, there's no underscores there's no hashtags there's no dashes there's no none of that just real chris platty all together on twitter instagram wherever wherever your social medias have handles and uh facebook you can just facebook me chris platty and uh, as always check out all the sports radio detroit content check out the pistons podcast check out the road show check out everything that sports radio detroit has to offer I'm excited to be starting this podcast with you guys. I'm excited to be talking NBA basketball with everyone. So please, I want to hear your thoughts. Where do you think Anthony Davis goes? What do you think is the best package? 
all, all of these questions. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of intricate layers to this discussion. So let's have the let's have this discussion over the next 10 days while we while we and the rest of the NBA figures it out. All right. Take care, everyone. And I'll see you for the next episode.